everybody. So today we're going to be doing something a little bit different. I'm still giving you all a message, but I'm working through some things. So my wife and I just went on a walk. And one thing that through our discussion that we talked about, it was a little difficult trying to start this show. And as always, I'm just trying to be vulnerable with you and be honest with you. And it's been a struggle for most shows, almost every show. I talk about it often in the shows. But one thing that I came to realization with, and she brought it to my attention, Abby brought it to my attention, was that whenever I was a kid, I never talked things out. I never had a safe space of open communication, so I resorted to writing. So I ask you today just to bear with me, and I, I promise that you will receive, especially if this is your first time tuning in. I know you're going to enjoy today's message. I typed up my message today and I'll be honest with you. This is like my, this is my third recording. <laughs> Ironically, I started and then I stopped and something kept battling me. And I know I just gave out chapter 28 about the fouls of the air and how, you know, the enemy is coming against you and trying to rip that seed out and, you know, sometimes, like I said, whenever I'm speaking to you, I'm not condemning you. I'm, I'm growing with you. Like most of the time, I'm speaking to myself whenever I'm giving these shows. So today I'm going to be reading off what I wrote down and what I typed up for today's show. So if you're watching this on YouTube and if you're watching this on Spotify, bear with me while you watch. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, then this is just audio. So you can't tell any difference anyways. <laughs> So, welcome back, kings and queens, to another uh, to another chapter of Said Said. And if this is your first time watching, thank you for tuning in, and I hope that you enjoyed today's message. If you're watching this on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, be sure to like, subscribe, and turn on your notifications so that you can stay connected with the latest chapter. As usual, if you have any questions or feedback, please leave it in the comment section if you're watching this on YouTube. And if you're watching this on Spotify, leave your response in the Q&A section and please participate in the poll. Before we get into today's message, let us pray. So dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your love, for your grace, and for your power, and for your truth. God, I just uh, ask that you uh, speak through me, speak to me, and just uh, when people hear uh, this message today, that they, they feel the, the rawness, the truth, and they feel and hear you working and wanting to connect with them. God, I just thank you for using me, using this show, and for using us to help others and to be the light to others and to bring us out of darkness. So I thank you, Father, for what you do. Thank you for your grace, your love, and thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I want to talk to you today about stony places. This is chapter, sorry, this chapter is part two out of a four-part series. You can watch the plot for this message in chapter 22, sorry, in chapter 27, titled, Which Soil Is It? So today we'll be referencing Mark chapter 4, starting with verse 16. 
And Jesus explains and says, Seeds sown on rocky places. Hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no roots, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The difference between this soil and the one we spoke about in chapter 28 is that it doesn't get taken by the fowls of the air, which we learned that is the devil. And the devil's always trying to prevent you from beginning to have hope, beginning to have faith, or is constantly trying to stop you before you get to grow in a new and healthy life. In this scripture, people hear the word, which is God, which is hearing about Jesus. They have felt or can see God's goodness, but since they have no prior backing, they have no root, meaning they didn't grow up in a household who was centered in God, or maybe they did grow up with a family who was quote-unquote religious, but the parents never led by example. Maybe you've heard your parents say, do as I say, not as I do. To take it further, maybe someone has told you that you're handsome or you're beautiful or that you're a good person, but you don't believe them. For a moment, you rejoice and you say you receive it, but you aren't receiving it fully and you're not fully confidently getting it in you. You want it, but for some reason we don't live it. I know I'm currently struggling with that myself. Like I said, most of the time in this show, I'm encouraging you and I'm encouraging myself. We're growing in this together. So refer back to uh, Mark chapter 4 and it's uh, verse 17. It says, but since they have no roots, they last only a short time. Maybe growing up, we weren't always told, sorry, maybe growing up, you weren't always told, I'm proud of you, or that you're a good kid, or that you're going places, you can be anything that you want. Or maybe you've had a friend who's trying to tell you about the goodness of God, but you won't receive it. You like what you're hearing, but it's not taking any root. Um, We hear it, we hear what you're saying, but... We won't receive it because of our upbringing. We perceive God based upon how we perceive our parents. In other words, however you grew up and however your relationship was with your parents, that's how your relationship tends to be with God. For instance, using me as an example, my parents, I never really felt comfortable coming to my parents with my issues emotions, or for really anything, even sometimes good things. I remember always being told to go to your room, get out of here, or go away. If I made a mistake, I would have this fear of heat that would start at the middle of my back and run all the way up to my neck, and it was just tense stress. It was just, I was fearful of my parents. If my parents called my name from the other room, I would immediately think, oh no, what did I do wrong? And then whenever I would go in there, it was never, sometimes it was something wrong, but sometimes it was nothing wrong. But the way that they would announce and yell at my name, I was already scared. I was just in constant fear. So it was conditional love 
conditional love. I felt like based upon my actions and if I'm doing right or doing wrong, that would determine whether my parents love me or not. Instead of always having the feeling that my parents loved me no matter what, whether I did good or made a mistake that they would love me. If I do good, I receive praise. And if I do bad, we, this is what I was hoping that if I do good, I receive praise. And if I do bad, we sit down and have a conversation and communicate on what I was thinking and what to do next time. But just know that I'm loved regardless. With that being said, I took this relationship with my parents and translated that to God. It felt like at home, my parents always told me to go away, to get out and leave them alone or to go outside. So with God, I felt like, well, if my own parents don't even care for me or my time, why should the spiritual being that I can't even see care for me or my time? Why even pray, for instance? Like he, why even try? If I were to cry for something, my parents would tell me to shut up. Or maybe you've heard this before, stop crying before I give you a reason to cry. Instead of sitting there, instead of them sitting there and having a good, healthy, open communication on why I did what I did or explaining me why I did what I did was wrong uh, or making sure I was okay nurturing me first and then speaking, you know, principle or correctness into me. Um, or explaining what we could do better, you know, next time on my behavior and working together on it, that I'm not in trouble. Just we're just going to work on correcting this. Therefore, I treated God like that. And I still struggle with it when I'm dealing with hurt, pain, if I sin or if I make a mistake, I tend to be slow to expose myself to God because as a kid, I dealt with a lot of thoughts and emotions and problems on my own. So in return, I do that even now with God. I'm good about praying to God and talking to God about about thanking him and uh, for things. But I have to ask myself, I have to really dig deep into my heart and into my spirit and tell him what's wrong with me. This is something that I'm growing with him right now. Am I really, really, truly being emotionally open to God? Am I really letting him in? He knows what's on my heart. But am I really letting him in or am I guarding myself from God to get in perfect communication with him? And I don't mean perfect communication, but to get to let him in, to let him into my heart of my true, deep emotions, desires and hurts or wants. I say that. This relationship that was created with my parents caused me to have a hardness of the heart with God as I grew up. I didn't care to listen to God because my parents wouldn't listen to me. When I would go talk to them or voice a problem or even just want something to do with them, I didn't care to have a relationship with God because I didn't really have a relationship with my parents. And my parents never really followed God growing up. I remember going to church whenever I was five years old. And as I got older, they tried to tell me about God in my teenage years, but by then habit reaction and defense was already created and my heart was hardened by then my soil was rocky and I was in a stony place. But before I continue, I say all of this about my childhood and you must think, wow, said your childhood sounds bad. 
and it's far from the truth. I had an amazing, <clears throat> I had an amazing childhood. Uh, my parents were hardworking, providing. I always spent time with my cousins and grandparents, and I was taken care of. I never really had to worry about stresses in life. But just because you're in the home does not mean that you're present. You have to get into your child's life, into your spouse's life, into your parents' life. We have to be able to allow people in. I'm not asking you to be a doormat. I'm simply saying that when you open up to others, they tend to open up back to you. But more so, we need to open up to God. The word says, and in my show, what I always talk about is you, what you'll always receive from me is the issue of what we deal with and then how to replace that issue by using the word of God and using God's, using God's word to replace those feelings, those emotions, those, that trauma. So God says this, the word says to cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. 1 Peter 5, 7. Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you, says Hebrews 13, 5. One more. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustices, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through everything and endures through every circumstances. And that's first Corinthians thirteen, four through seven. When you go to analyze your past, it's important to understand that your parents are people. Your friends, your family, and strangers are people too. Don't hold any bitterness, resentment, or anger towards any of them. Instead, read God's word and go find out what he says about you. Know that you can go to him and that he is certain and he is truthful. And he is a firm foundation for all things in your life. To close up the last sentence in Mark chapter 4, verse 17. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Faith gives our hope substance. Hebrews 11. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17. My wife and I went to go have dinner tonight. And I was telling her that a lot of people have hope. They have a lot of hope in their life. They think they have faith. But what they have is hope. And the reason you may be asking, Cedric, what's the difference? Hope is hoping for things. Knowing that you want to be a better husband. Knowing that you want to be a better wife. Knowing that you want to be healthy. That you want to be all these things. That's what hope is. You're hoping, you're hoping, you're hoping. Some people think it's faith. I have faith. You'll hear people say, I have faith that things are going to come through. I have faith that this is, this is going to happen or that's going to happen. But it says there's a difference between hope and faith. Faith gives our hope substance. Okay, so, but what is faith? 
It says in Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So what that means is that you're going to, in order to grow in faith, in order to have faith, you have to know what God says. You have to know what the word says. And in return, that gives substance for your hope. You are able to say, not only am I just hoping for these, but I know through faith, by reading the word, by the word that I said, by right here, God, it says that you have plans for me. It says that you'll never leave me nor forsake me. So I know I'm not alone because I have faith, not because I hope that you won't leave me, because I know because I read your word that you will never leave me. And I'm holding you to your truth because I know you're faithful and you're a good God because I read it and it says it in there. Go read it. So the way we prevent from quickly falling away, because in the scripture it says when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. So the way that we prevent from quickly falling away is to read our word, to read the word of God, to read the Bible. And in doing so, that grows our faith, which gives us confidence and it gives us hope, it gives us confidence in what we are hoping for in our lives. Know what God says about you. He will guide you, protect you, and give you wisdom. Trouble will come against you when you try to get closer to God. Jesus reminds us of this and says that if they persecuted me, they will also persecute you because of my name. It's okay if your family and friends don't understand you when you're living for God. The word tells us this will happen, but listen to what God says. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Stay firm in your faith, meaning stay firm in the word of God, meaning stay firm in your Bible. And that will give you hope. And then you can be firm in your hope and firm in your faith because you're firm in the word of God, because faith equals the word of God. Faith equals the Bible, which is the word of God. God will not harm you. We only harm ourselves when we try to do things on our own. You have hope, you have a future, you have a seat at the table, and you have a kingdom. You are a king. You are a queen. If you were like me, I had grown cold towards God when I was younger. And maybe you're in that hardness place right now. But here what God says, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And that is talking about without faith, without the word of God, it is impossible to please him. You don't have that in you. You can have all the hope in the world, but you need to have that in you. But anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. Maybe due to your upbringing, like I did, I looked around me and a lot of people said that they were religious, but they weren't acting very religious. They were very, and, and you shouldn't act religious. They, they, a lot of people weren't following Christ, is what I mean to say. And they weren't leading the right example. Then most people, I'm starting to find out, don't read their word. Most people I'm starting to find out who go to church don't actually know what the word says. And if they do know what the word says, they don't live it out. 
They just know enough to make themselves feel good, give themselves a pat on the back, and hopes that it's going to be all right when they get to heaven, and whenever they meet God. But don't let them harden your heart as they did mine. Take it from me to find out for yourself. You owe it to yourself. Find out for yourself. And, and the hard part about it is that you're going to have to do as I did and come to terms with your past. Come to terms with your yourself. Come to terms with your family. A lot of forgiveness is going to have to be given. A lot of understanding will come from this. But I know you have hope for things in your life. You have a purpose here on this earth. And this starts by opening the door and accepting the free gift of salvation. He has never left you. He has always been there. He will not leave you nor forsake you. You'll never be alone. Meaning you'll never have to be dependable. If you're ready to, if you're ready to accept the free gift of salvation, repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I'll make you my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And if you said that prayer, you have been renewed, reborn, and you will have a renewing of your mind. And in doing so, I know you have hope. You, 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 it took a lot to say that. And through your hope comes faith, but faith comes by hearing the word of God. So go and read the word, and therefore you become more sound, and the Lord will speak to you, and he will guide you, and he will reveal a lot of secrets and a lot of answers to you that you are wanting. And stay connected with me. We're going to grow in this together. That's all this is for. This, we're just growing and connecting and being raw and being vulnerable. And that's what we're here for. It's your testimony that will help someone else and bring them out of their darkness into the light. And we are all called to be the light. We are all called to be disciples. It doesn't matter. You don't need to be a pastor in order to speak the gospel. It says that in the Bible. It says that to go preach the gospel, which is what Jesus did for us and what Jesus did for you and how he got you out of your situation. But we'll have more on that later on in the other chapters. But stay tuned for the next chapter. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he order your footsteps and may he protect you. And as always, love yourself so that you can go love someone else.